0: The enemy of my enemy is really angry. The boys are headed to the principal's office and beyond. Before they head out for adventure, they check in with a few friends and set some plans in motion. Time to dig deep and find the magic within. We listen to episode 29 of Taz's Graduation, so you know what that means. It's time for Talking Taz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to and Taz, your weekly journey through the world of the Adventure Zone Graduation. With you, as always, is me, your host and producer, PJ, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lauren.
1: Hi! Lauren,
0: what did you think of this episode?
1: It was so intense i really liked it actually even though we've talked about those episodes before the ones that are just filler this, this was definitely... is definitely this is what? the
0: opposite of filler what what filler no, literally I... means nothing of importance happens are what is what so much importance of happened.
1: i mean things happen i listen i don't know do
0: you not consider spoilers do you not consider <laughs> the boys creating a partnership with the demon prince gray imported to the plot of this
1: podcast okay no i do all right it's just i don't know for some reason if it doesn't have a lot of combat things happening i'm like this is like rp this is filler rp is not filler i don't think so either but for some reason i'm conditioned to think that unless we're because
0: a lot of their rp episodes tend to be filler
1: Mm.
0: this i think that's where it's like getting into your brain like that sure, this sure. is not filler filler time in general is like Demet, you know barnes and nobles that's filler mm. like um, i mean and you can also like argue that a lot of like the early stuff is like filler arc where it's literally just like you know it's kind of like the first five levels of descended to avernus where it's like wow look you were in this <laughs> town and oh no there's a cult and it's like i don't care about this get me to hell <laughs>
1: Get me to hell. No, I agree. I always feel for some reason really guilty in our D&D sessions when we're RPing just because usually the DM isn't always as actively a part of it because it's a lot of RP amongst the players and I'm always like, we're leaving them out, we're leaving them out. No. So I always like want to make sure everyone's involved and like playing and moving the story forward so i think that's also where my my idea of it comes in any
0: dm worth their salt generally likes when their players rp at the table i would hope so even if like they're not involved in it but i will say like you know obviously not every dm is the same and some dms like are like guys we have like stuff to get through Mm. but i will 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 say (laughs) If you have a DM that's usually like, hell yeah, guys, RP, and then they're like, all right, what are we doing now? That's usually probably a sign that they're like, okay, I don't think this RP is being beneficial to the story, or you, or just our time. (laughs) So why don't you tell me what we're doing?
1: (laughs) Why don't you tell me what decisions we're making? Which way are you going to go? I get that. So yes, okay, story-wise, a lot of things happen, even though my brain is conditioned to think that this was filler. I liked
0: it. Let's get into this not at all filler episode.
1: <laughs> okay, I agree. It's not filler. PJ was right. You can put it's that on the being record. Right. I
0: just—it's this is such a—I think one of the most important story beats in like the entirety of this experience.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah,
0: that's like if you're having like the Sokovia Accord meetings where Cap and Iron Man like break apart, and you're mm-hmm. like, but that was just our piece, so it's like filler. It's like, no. <laughs> No.
1: Just because combat wasn't involved doesn't mean it's not important. This
0: sets up combat in the future. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's like uh, Mickey with the like, we'll use that mask <laughs> to later.
1: Exactly. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. You say that all the time. It's one of my favorite things.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's jump into it. Let's do. The three approach Veronymous's office, which is their first time up there. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. They've literally never gone up here. Also, I don't know why in my brain, like, the has, like, peaced out already. Like, I didn't think he was still using Hieronymus's office.
1: No, I absolutely agreed. I was like, okay, he's been exposed. He's going to go, like, to some cave or whatever. But no, he's, like, Still's still there. <laughs> yeah, he's running the school still. And every now and then I'm reminded of that. And I'm like, oh, yeah he is still there
0: he's like i established a free lunch program going live this quarter if you think i won't be here to see
1: it through (laughs) but without the crate machine so like what's the point
0: exactly (laughs) Uh, as they're walking up it is a mess the door's hanging off the hinges and like they literally feel rage like white hot rage emanating from the door and something just calls out you And, you know, they resist getting pulled in. But it's gray, and he is full-on devil gray, demon gray. Demon gray? Uh, I don't know exactly what to say because Travis uses the terms nearly interchangeably. Where's this research, Travis? No, but honestly, (laughs) it is kind of confusing, especially considering, like, some of them are just so similar. And, Mm -hmm. like... Why is like a Bauga like a devil? but like it's uh, it's animal like and demons are usually the animal like ones and it's it's a whole thing. I'm not too mad about it.
1: Yeah, and our perspective of what demons and devils are in our world is very different from the d and d lore mm-hmm. versus like even Tolkien is completely different. So I get it. he he has been playing this game for how long with Grey as a <laughs> a really big character. huge I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's fine. But, I mean, he is the demon Prince Grey. So, I mean, that's that's what we will stick with. But, again, mm-hmm. seems more devil-like to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> PJ's on the side of the devils.
0: But, you know, yeah. So, Grey is almost fully just in straight-up demon form. He Oof. towers over the boys. His slate skin tight over unnatural muscles. His horns twisted backwards. And just, like, you know, I love the description because I do like when writers and storytellers really paint the grotesqueness of like a dark entity mm-hmm. it's like this is a series i wish more people read because it is like legitimately so good is uh the demon series by darren chan
1: you you've talked to me about that before
0: because darren chan did i think um like the wizard's apprentice or the vampire's assistant one of those like I'm literally I'll put it in the notes it's one of those like popular popular YA series okay but the demonata series is like also like more slightly more adult YA and I say that I know that's kind of an oxymoron but like it is still about teens and fourteens but it's just like it doesn't really wear kids gloves with them
1: this is the one where they play chess right
0: Yes, that is a yeah. very fun way of putting this uh, demon book that uh, traumatized me while reading it. But it is it's very is—it's like good. the
1: Queen's Gambit, but, but with demons. <laughs> but with demons,
0: and like one of because like Lord Loss is like the main demon, and he like he he looks like someone with flailed skin with cuts all over their body, and like it, he's just described super intense. But the one that like always messes me up is two of his familiars in the first book, which like one of them has like a baby head almost like i imagine like a baby doll head but like it's hollow on the inside all that's inside is flame ew it reminds me of that like baby doll spider from toy story yes yes it's instantly
1: what i thought of
0: and the other one is like this like alligator with like female hands for like hands oh
1: my god these are straight from Sid's bedroom
0: and like there's more to it like I'm not even remotely getting into how gross they are but that's mostly because like I feel like everyone needs to experience the descriptions because Darren Chan does such a good job of describing how like terrifying they are Mm -hmm. and I mean like the first book alone like is one of the goriest books I've ever read it doesn't stay that gory but it's really just to show you like oh yeah these guys don't mess around
1: yeah they're they're gross they're from another they're from the hell dimension yeah so they would be for
0: there it's almost like an actual like like it's literally like the way they describe where the demons are from it almost reads like it's like this like empty universe just full of these entities and like some of them are bigger than like entire galaxies and some of them are you know this baby doll thing and Mm -hmm. they all just exist in this hierarchy and it's it's very well written a very good series it's like nine or ten books
1: i was just about to ask that okay that's substantial that's quite a big series
0: it's it's a big series it had moderate enough success to get that right but i just wish it was It was i wish it was popular enough to like that a more people knew about it and b we could get like a legit good adaptation of it
1: well you never know with all the different streaming sites now there's a big call to produce a lot of material so maybe one day pj your dream will come true
0: a boy can dream A piece of furniture clips Fitzroy on the shoulder. Gray accuses Fitzroy of like hitting him with corrupted chaos magic and now using that magic to bar him from his home. And he's just, you know, he's freaking out. He can't go home, which Mm -hmm. he's usually able to do pretty easily. He's mad. He threatens to kill Fitzroy.
1: I don't know about you, but as this was happening, I was like, oh my God, not only is Fitzroy impacted by like the godscar chasm being gone and his magic being gone but i totally forgot that gray was connected to chaos too and like he is screwed
0: but i think he still has his magic yes but he can't get home right yeah yeah i think that's almost yeah i think that's probably purposeful i think they're trying to like again disrupt things that's
1: true but he can't well yeah, he's isolated now he can't get to his armies
0: yeah which is a big uh downside for him
1: It is a big. Di- I mean, he's still like incredibly powerful. So these boys like could but, not take I mean, him.
0: Realistically, two or three pro-, pro pro heroes probably could.
1: But he also can't die unless he's in his dimension. So like they could get rid yeah, of but him. At that point, from you here. Just, like
0: you know. I mean, God, I want to make like I want to talk about my Hero Academia a lot right now. <laughs> nerd but it's kind of it's kind of similar to what they do with one of their big bads where like he is technically like one of the most powerful villains one of i'll say so that you know no one actually knows which one it is unless you've (laughs) read it and when they finally do defeat him it does take like some of their stronger people and then Mm -hmm. they just keep him in like The max security level of the max security island prison in the max security, like, detention zone.
1: (laughs) Guantanamo Bay level stuff.
0: Guantanamo Bay has nothing on the prison system in that world. (laughs) Because people have superpowers, you know? That's true. But yeah, I I imagine, like, that could be done. But obviously, that's not where we're necessarily going here. Because Fitzroy's kind of just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you sense any chaos in me? I don't have chaos powers anymore i don't think there's gonna be much of a standoff between us now and mm-hmm. gray demands to know why fitzroy has trapped him here and i'm like okay Mitracho, you're not getting it
1: <laughs> you're not getting it
0: <laughs> so fitzroy gives them the ring of truth he's like this isn't a trick i just you know need your assurance and the fear like you know he's even like fear bulg is this a trick and he's like no and he's like fine like literally that is how trusted the fear bulg oh, well, you know, everyone knows Fear, Bulg's, can't Lie. And I I think this is like the first time they really super use it to their advantage. Yes. It's it's been used to their advantage before, but I think this is the first time where it literally gets to be like, oh, who needs a deception check? You have a permanent truth teller here. We're just going to ask him.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a brilliant move from Travis as far as the RP goes between the boys because I was like, oh my God, we need him to trust the boys. We have one of them who literally can't lie i love that travis used that mechanic which normally would have been against them but now it's in their favor i i loved that moment that was super cool
0: also like we're you know we've been training our our little liar here so like that's right he's gonna be an oil executive could have been (laughs) yes uh but theoretically there could have been some back and forth if like we're in an alternate reality where he was asking about something that he wanted to lie about and he could have Mm -hmm. like pulled some serious like you know, plausible deniability out. But, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't have to here. Like, it is really, like, completely working to his strength.
1: Yeah, I loved that. Travis was so gung-ho to make the Fear Bowl liar. In some shape or form, he went through training and he's been given items. But here he was like, nah, I completely will give this to you. This will yeah. work in your advantage.
0: Fitzroy reveals Chaos and Order's plan. And he is like, look, man, I don't know the details. I don't know, like, why all of this is happening, like, I know why this is happening, but I will tell you, like, they've told us you're gonna lose. They're not like, oh, we really want you to win. No, they said, just do your part, Gray's gonna lose. So they have set the deck against you. So whatever mm-hmm. deal you guys thought you had, that wasn't a thing. You're just a pawn in their plan, and you're a, pl- you're a pawn that they have already planned to sacrifice regardless of how the board goes.
1: Yes, which Grey, like, yeah it Completely. you know that
0: obviously takes gray off a lot,
1: I mean, yeah, and this is what made me so nervous and Avernus was devils and demons will take the deal in front of them and will twist it always so that it's to their advantage, right? There's always some like clause or there is some wording that's missed or something and somehow some way they always end up on top can
0: i say and, that was yeah. like the most fun but like hard thing to do as a dm when coming up with devil deals with you guys mm-hmm. because like i mean when you're like writing up contracts or something it's so easy to sneak in legalese you know, fluffy words that can really, like, make it so that people don't know what they're agreeing to. But mm-hmm. when I'm just talking to you and being like, this is what the contract says, it's so much harder to sneak in those, like, this is how I'm going to screw you later. <laughs> but I did it every time. And, you know, yeah. every time you guys would try so hard being like, okay, I need to listen really hard. And I would type it out as I was saying it, and I would have you guys be like, is this what I you're agreeing to? And then you guys would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you guys would, like, not catch it, but catch, like, something that I didn't even intend. And you guys would be like, oh, no, no, no. I see what you're trying here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that out. And then like, meanwhile, my big like gotcha is still in there. Mm -hmm. And then when I eventually pulled it out, you guys were like, what? And I'm like, it says right here (laughs) that you agree to this.
1: It was so, it was so intense. Every time we were in conversation with any devil, demon, in any level, right? Even like the little like imps and stuff. It was so stressful for my character just because I was like, they're going to screw me. And I know they're going to screw me. I have to try to not get screwed, but also know I'm going to get screwed. So great is the same thing here.
0: I, I would pay really close attention to when you guys were talking to devils, if you guys would use any language that implied that you were technically making a verbal agreement. Like if you were like, <laughs> let me tell you what I'm going to do. Or like, all right, this is what the plan is or something like that. I would be like, I forget. It wasn't necessarily that, but like I had like three trigger words, words that were like, if they start a sentence with this, or they, sometimes I would be like, I would have the devil be like, so that's so you agree that's what you're gonna do or something like that. And if you guys <laughs> said the right things, I was like, All right, verbal contract, got it. The
1: verbal contract is binding in the state of New York. Definitely. Which is for hell all is. of my that's for all my friends, allies out there.
0: And New York has Hell's Kitchen, tying it all back together. That's where the cakes oh. come from, baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: So Gray's like, I'm gonna kill Chaos in Order. If your book's like,
1: oh, 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 oh maybe oh. not. You know, like they
0: are kind of like gods and he's like, I am a demon prince. I can literally wreck whatever I want. And they're like, okay. Like, let's take it, you know, let's slow down for a second, you know, goose for a bite. And, you know, Fitzroy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So let me talk to you. I have a plan. As they say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend or extremely tenuous associate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's and, a common
1: phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: And, you know, <laughs> we have a plan to thwart Chaos and Order's plan and get you home. And potentially, like, I don't know, you'd still get some sort of fun out of it. Right?
1: Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. But don't kill people. Uh well yeah. Argo <laughs>
0: Argo asks a question that they've asked before and I'm like, Argo, I don't know what, what this doesn't make sense to you, but he's like, Why do you even want war? And again, <laughs> just like the first time they asked Grey, right, he's like, Because I like war. I like killing people and destroying things. Why doesn't this make sense to you?
1: Right. Like that has been a very clear statement from the beginning from everybody from chaos from order from gray himself he just wants a war so argo coming in being like why do you want this it's like oh my god argo (laughs) we know why but travis the way he describes the war and like all this bloodshed that gray wants i was getting chills i was like this guy doesn't mess around and i was already scared of him but now i'm like very scared honestly of him.
0: like just in general travis's characterization of gray this episode was really good every time yes. he talked i was like i almost feel like he wrote this out like but clearly like you know it's a line improv in the moment but like wow he did such a good job with this
1: so good yeah he's a very good role player anyway but mm-hmm. as gray in this scene i i was terrified for all of these boys
0: but Fitzroy is kind of like not nonplussed about it he's like okay so we hear you death destruction what about no death all destruction and Gray's like all right fine tell me about this destruction no death plan but I like do have a condition if I have to agree to it you will agree to give me access to my hell dimension and Fitzroy's like condition a condition that's a one-way trip guy and he's like fine I just want to go back home basically
1: yeah I get that. I always want to go home.
0: Yeah. What? (laughs) I was about to say, like, it's the most, like, basic thing. It's going to be, like, when you don't know where home is. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, I think I have that now. I think I didn't for a long time. I think I definitely have it now, especially, like, for a long time, like, I had that, like, very stereotypical, and I find it so cheesy that like, home is, like, a person, not a place type of thing. Mm um but i think like i'm finally like home is like the place that you make it type of thing but i didn't have that for a long time because like i moved just so much growing up like every three or four years we were moving to a new new place making new friends so i never had a place that like i fully felt like i could call home and i'm like i'm in like my fourth year in my apartment with my wife and i'm just now starting to be like this is my home i guess
1: i mean it makes sense that it it takes you longer to feel at home anywhere i'm glad that you're feeling it now you guys have done some very impressive work to your apartment don't tell our landlord they listen to this podcast oh
0: my god i got you sucker oh god and it caught in 4k <laughs> oh my gosh but no i mean at the end of the day like i think even if you were to Be able to bring death and destruction if he can never go back to hell like it would feel like almost empty
1: yeah and i mean he also might not have all of the connection to his power that he would normally especially if he's cut off from it and he has no access to anyone or anything there yeah i get it go home gray lassie go home gray go home (laughs)
0: <laughs> gray admits to having the ability to still open portals to different locations in this world and offers to send them to the heroic oversight guild saving them about two weeks of travel before sending them away the boys are kind of like whoa we're doing this right now and he's like go get ready but like today and they're like what but he's like what do you mean what <laughs>
1: he's like we have a we made a deal i'm gonna do all destruction no death you're going to the heroic oversight guild to start the destruction like let's go
0: we had like the minor's conversation about this already where you kind of just noted, like, do you think there's a loophole in this plan?
1: Yes, I did ask. You're th- you're the loophole guy because you I were think the easiest playing
0: loophole, them. The easiest loophole is they agree to open a one-way portal back to the Hell Dimension. But that doesn't... They, he never agreed to not open one back.
1: Eventually,
0: yeah, or like at like, all.
1: He could do it immediately. That's true. That's true.
0: Like, he, they never got him to agree to just stay in hell. Like, they were like, it's a one-way port. Like, he's like, I want you to open my portal back up. And, he, and Fitzroy's like, well, it's going to be a one-way trip. But like, okay, just because you bought me a one-way flight to Florida doesn't mean I can't immediately stay in the airport and buy a flight back to California.
1: That's true. He made no promise to stay there no afterwards. Promise. He was like, yeah, this one time the portal opens, I go through it. But guess what? I can open up another portal portal it's a new trip here i come
0: i will say they i think they did a good job of making sure he agreed to truly do like no death all destruction because they Mm. made him clarify like no it's not i'm gonna blow up this building and if there's collateral damage there's collateral damage it's you cannot have collateral damage and he was like fine 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 so yeah i think they got they were smart there again i think homeboy could come back whenever he wants
1: yeah i now that you point that out that seems very glaringly obvious, which at the end of the day, whenever a devil or demons deal came back to bite us, I was like, Why did I not see that before? So hindsight is twenty twenty and all that.
0: But deals with devils uh in D D are usually a lot more intense than this because usually there's quite a few different versions of how you can make a deal with a devil, like you could kiss an imp that turns into a statue with your contract written on it. Mm-hmm. that's one of them you know like, it was gross uh, you had to do that
1: i my character did and it i hated it
0: but you know there's a lot of different types of contracts but all they did here was write it down agree to it and then the fearful took a picture of them uh shaking hands with argo in the back smiling potentially <laughs> doing uh bunny ears on gray but i don't think he could possibly reach that high i was gonna
1: say the same thing i was like argo you forgetting how tall gray is like there's no way. There's no way. It's one of my
0: favorite visuals. Just like the idea of like, like Fitzroy like having like the biggest grin on his face while Grace just like, I guess I have to do this, and Argo like halfway trying to like reach his head. It's so cute. It
1: it reminds me of that picture in the animated Mulan movie where it's like the that chancellor guy and the emperor shaking hands there's that picture of them and the chancellor is like super excited the emperor is just so stoic yeah It. i instantly thought of that but with like argo in the background doing bunny ears oh
0: god <laughs> hello everyone it's me pj your cheerful chum here's always to thank you for listening to our podcast we hope you're enjoying this episode I'm sure you've noticed, but I had some technical difficulties with my setup this week, so my audio isn't super up to snuff. This episode was recorded alongside next week's episode, so you will have to bear it one episode longer, but ideally we will work to ensure that these issues are corrected moving forward. But thank you for sticking with us. Stick with us even further by staying up to date with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Taz. On Facebook, you can also find the official Taz group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, talking-taz.pinecast.co for links to the socials as well as all of our episodes. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends about it and leave a review on iTunes, it really does help. Just one note from this episode, the popular YA series Darren Chan wrote besides the Demonata series was the Cirque du Freak series, which is why my brain jumped to specifically The Vampire's Assistant. But in general, check out both series, Darren Chan does some amazing work. Now let's get to the question of the week! This episode we see a big shift in goals, alliances, and big bads. In your D&D game, have you ever had to team up with your mortal enemy against a new even larger threat? Did your vampire hunter have to team up with Strahd to stave off an ultra lich? Did the evil wizard have to team up with your party to stave off a demon incursion? Let us know, we're interested to find out. Now, back to the podcast. We do move to them, heading back to their dorms to start trying to prepare. And Fitzroy seems festive in the quad, playing some sack, playing with a little hacky-hacky.
1: I have not heard about hacky sack in so long. This <laughs> took me back.
0: Kicking the old ankle stone. I don't know if that's a statement that people use for hacky sack. I just <laughs> came up with that right now.
1: Did you? Did Were you a hacky sacker?
0: No, not in the slides. I have no coordination whatsoever.
1: Oh, I, I couldn't get into it. I have. Also, no coordination.
0: Wow, weird that the two nerds with no coordination have a a D and D podcast. A, not even a D and D podcast. God, it'd be cooler if we had a D and D podcast. You have a <laughs> podcast where we talk about strangers playing D and D.
1: That's not cool. That's not what all That's the kids not are the doing.
0: Coolest thing.
1: <laughs> I thought this was what TikTok was for.
0: Oh gosh. Uh, but he admits to Festo that he's lost all of his powers, and Festo is like, "Oh, snippers!" And I was like, <gasps>
1: "Snippers." Oh, Oh, my God. I was already sad that Fitzroy lost his powers and, like, pretty scared. But they completely forgot now we've lost Snippers.
0: I mean, luckily, like, I mean, we'll get to it in a second. We do get our boy Snip Snips back. <gasps> but, I mean, Fitzroy is like, yeah, like, you know... The source of my power has gone on. Festo's like, just use your own magic. And Fitzroy's like, look, I get it. The magic was inside me all along. But no, like, I don't have magic. And Festo's like, what, are you stupid? (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, it's technically true. Like, he has a sorceress origin, which means magic is built into him. Magic was chaotic in him, but he is a sorcerer, not a wizard. And that means that he has latent magic. And, I mean, he points out, like, you could use your magic in a place where magic was not allowed to come in Mm -hmm. that means that you have your own exactly yeah look deep inside yourself and you can use magic
1: that fits so perfectly for all of fitzroy's leveling right because he was initially a wild magic barbarian and that's where his chaotic magic came from but then he started taking levels in sorcerer when he was working with manifesto so that's when like that inner magic was starting to come into play and it's just like that's a beautiful circular storytelling that yeah, i really i don't, I don't think they ever even
0: intended that but like it works out perfectly right because yeah. it's almost like working on a with his magic unlocked the latent magic which mm-hmm. obviously made the chaos magic stronger but yes. there is still latent magic that was finally like the seal was broken on
1: uh, yeah Again, uh like you were saying i don't think they planned it but it works out very well.
0: Yeah, Festo's like, Look, let me talk you through it. Or he's like, Look, let me talk
1: you through it. Oh, that's a really good festo impression. <laughs> Can you do that? I mean, not all the time, because I think our listeners would hate that. I love
0: it. <laughs> They're like, Yes, let us hear PJ's bad festo impression all day. It's but... a good festo impression. <laughs> and Fitzroy uh doesn't do great on his role, but he does well enough to summon just the tiniest little palm-sized snippers. Oh, and he oh. is like, Is that you, my sweet boy? And he's like, quick, quick, quick. And oh. <laughs> Fitzroy's like, I don't understand that. And I was like, you canonically understand your crap. Get out of here. Yeah. But we have he does this. kind of have that like, oh, this is Snippers. And I was like, thank God it's Snippers. I would have oh, been so upset God. if we didn't even get some more, the loss of Snippers.
1: Oh, I know. Oh, also, but, can
0: I say, yeah, if you rewind, back to like episode like two or three or four i don't even remember i literally said because we were talking about snippers and you were like it's fine because snippers is invulnerable because he's magic you can always resummon him and i was like until the big bad kills snippers by getting rid of fitzroy's magic and (gasps) you were like no don't even say that guess who said it it was me pj said it pj
1: you manifested this
0: I think you said that. You were like, you're going to make this happen. I don't even remember. It's been so long. That is like it has been 26 so episodes, like 20 something episodes ago. But oh my God. Listen to the tapes. It's there.
1: You knew. You knew even back then that this was going to, at least a possibility.
0: Because again, I mean, it, I like to say it's the Brennan Lee Mulligan school of DMing. If someone has a pet they like. You got to kill that dog. <laughs>
1: I'm already crying. Don't kill the dog. He I'm actually crap. <laughs> he said that to one of his players, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always jokes about it. he's like, I don't know why you guys always keep coming in with these cute animal companions cuz I'm going to try to kill them. And then I, everyone's yeah. just going to be mad at me. But like what am I supposed to do? Not try to kill them?
1: Yes, Brennan. don't try to kill them. Uh, ugh. I, yeah, I so will say is this is
0: no tea, no shade against okay. uh, one of our former DMs. But if I was Jeff, when in uh, Nick's because he like never super hurt the bear. He hasn't, no. But I will say Keith, our other former DM, the one with year four animals,
1: mm-hmm.
0: would not hesitate. He made it very clear to you, and that's why, like before every fight, you were like, "All right, this animal's going here. This animal's going there. This animal's going there. This animal's going there. They're not near this fight."
1: Yeah. No, I. He is Keith he has... is like
0: the other end of the spectrum in terms of DMing where mm-hmm. he's like, we are here to play like fantasy role playing game. And I'm going to create these amazing visual landscapes in your mind and then I'm going to hit you with the powers of D&D. And if you die, <laughs> you die.
1: Yeah, no, he he plays so hard, which is super fun, right? Because then you just try to get more creative and you have yeah. to try to figure out ways to survive in his very, very hard campaign. But he he was like, you can have these animals, you keep track of them and you need to tell me where they are. And he's hit them before very hard to the point where now I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep this one in the battle with me and the others scatter. So. No, he he holds me accountable to my annual companions, which I really appreciate because I brought them into the game.
0: But I mean, yeah, Jeff hasn't always (laughs) if I was running next like that bear dead, 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 dead as hell.
1: There was a time where actually he went down and your character saved him because you were like, my character really likes the bear. (laughs) It was Indra. She saved Galen. And I was like, oh, people like him more than my character. But that's fine. I get it. I do, too. (laughs)
0: I mean, you have to think about it. It's easier to like animals because they, you, you can portray any personality you want onto them. Mm-hmm. That's why people love their pets so much. I mean, I get it. I like voice my animals all the time. <laughs> (laughs) You know, I'll just be sitting like on the couch with my wife, and the animal will be doing something, and I'll just start like narrating their inner monologue as they're like going about their day.
1: Oh my God. Do they have voices?
0: Oh, they used to, but I think they've kind of gone away. But like they used to both each have like very specific voices. And I think just one day, I think it was when we didn't have pets for a bit, like when like, you know, we were homeless for a little bit and like Mm -hmm. they had to be like displaced until we got them back. Mm -hmm. I think like I forgot what their voices were. And when I got them back, just the voice. Voice, uh, the new voice i had for them felt wrong and so it was like <laughs> we're just gonna go to regular talking now
1: just regular talking
0: but i mean back to the game mechanically oh, I speaking guess. whenever griffin casts a spell he rolls 80 20 and adds the spell casting modifier to determine that he can essentially overcome you know all the inner blocks to conquer the magic within
1: i really liked that module and that modification to his spell casting i just hope it doesn't last too long you mean you hope that he gets like full powers back yeah because i mean if he has to do that forever like
0: it feels it feels like a pretty significant nerf imagine if you as a spellcaster had to roll to see if you could use magic every time
1: yeah that's very hindering It makes sense for the story right now, but you're right. I I like it. It it could get very old very quickly.
0: It's not even about being old necessarily. It's just, it's more like legitimately like gameplay wise. It's just, I think a little too much if it's long-term. I think right now it's the smartest way of like easing him into the world of new magic, right? Mm -hmm. But I think like if we're like five episodes from now and he's still doing these roles, it's going to be a little like, all right, well, we get it. You were mad that he got so powerful. (laughs) And
1: you literally nerfed him. So cool. At least he's still a barbarian. Kind of. A little bit. Yeah. Just a teensy bit. Just a a little mad. Just a little mad. Just a little mad boy.
0: They then had to meet up with Rainier and she's playing with her skeletal squirrel. You know, my favorite little boy. Ew. Gross. Fitzroy casually drapes his cloak over it so he can pretend it's like a tiny little ghost.
1: (laughs) I get it. I get it. I completely support this.
0: (laughs) Master Fearable tries to explain the updates. You know, not great. Mm. They do confirm that they do not want to go to war anymore and would like her father's skeleton army on standby just in case. They ask her to keep an eye on the school while they are gone on the trip and offer her Sabor, Jackal, and Hig as allies. And I was like, so like half of the Unbroken Chain. Obviously not, but half but, of the Unbroken Chain.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least at least three members. We have confirmed that, f- that Hig is a member. He just yes. hasn't gone because he had to stay in his room.
0: I wonder if he's been to a meeting since. Unrelated. Has <laughs> there been a meeting since? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, time kind of just moves.
1: But I don't think there's been. I mean, they were going to have that meeting with the Unbroken Chain and then immediately decided against it.
0: But I'm assuming that meeting still happened and they were probably like, Where are they?
1: <laughs> Those darn kids.
0: Those darn kids clad in that crazy war effort. Back in my day, we didn't have war.
1: We just accepted what happened to us and left it for the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> Rainier says she might
0: call in some of the skeleton army just like to kind of help out around the school. Mm-hmm. and when the two boys return to their dorm there is a package sitting in front of their door addressed to Fitzroy you know from Gordy the Lich King <gasps> they open the box and Tibia and Gherkin pop out whoop, whoop. Hey, throwback yay uh, Gordy includes a note saying that these two are at Fizz's disposal at his behest and they seem <laughs> to have rusty weapons but Fitzroy doesn't know the extent to which they can fight so they outfit the skeletons with their school-issued weaponry which they probably haven't used ever it's kind of like you're starting <laughs> equipment you don't You don't really touch it after, like, level three.
1: Yeah. As soon as you get the cooler stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, I also have a plain old dagger. That's cool. Yeah. And
0: especially (laughs) if you, like, are, like, a looter, like, are that where you take literally everything you find (laughs) for no reason. Because it's not even, like, you sell it or anything. They just have backpacks full of useless crap.
1: Yeah. Tori backpack is... (laughs) I
0: mean, luckily, it's a backpack of holdings, so like, it doesn't matter, but...
1: Thank God. But there is, like, so much stuff in there. (laughs) There's so much stuff in there.
0: I swear. Sometimes I'm like, really? Do you need that? And I mean, you guys have gotten better, because like, but I early on, I feel like you guys were like, "All right, I'll take that plus one grade sword." I'm like, "You have so much better than a plus one grade. Why? Why are you taking this?"
1: <laughs> I think we've ex- started exchanging it all for gold so that we can buy more things. But, it's all just
0: potions. Yeah. That's how you guys buy potions. Yeah, because we don't I have, have a just dedicated a potion shop.
1: You should have. We don't have a dedicated healer on the team, so like have a bard. Yes, but he poor Dane. Look at him crying
0: right now. Listening to this, he knows. I'm sorry. You're a good healer.
1: He is a good healer. He has kept us alive. I'm
0: having to cut a lot of Laura's audio because she's just saying really mean things about you. Oh, what's yeah. that? Noelle, yeah. Rebecca, Jacob, you're here too, talking mean things about Dane. Dane, I'm so sorry. Look, I know I'm your favorite because I'm the only one that supports and appreciates you. They're over here. I'm having to mute them. They're just being jerks.
1: I, listen, I'm very grateful. He, the reason our party is still intact and alive is because of our bard that Dane plays. Absolutely, 100%. He also is a bard that attacks. I'm saying, like, clerics are dedicated healers we even have a paladin on our team who heals less he pretty much just heals himself himself and
0: Sometimes other people usually himself it's really and just or a backup NPCs. health thought for himself
1: yes and or npcs that he really forms an attachment to like a polar bear are the mushroom mushy person you created How like
0: dare you just call him a mushroom mushy person <laughs> you monster you know Listen. what i'm not taking any of this slander sitting down they get are you the standing skeletons now? no i am standing i'm standing you can tell because the audio has gotten much worse because i'm far away from my mic <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> uh but yeah basically they're like oh i guess this party of three is a party of five and i'm like are you guys gonna take gherkin and tibia to the heroic cover cycle that doesn't seem like a good choice
1: that does not seem like a good choice at all
0: yeah travis is even like they don't have to stay with you they can go where you want." and they're like okay
1: <laughs> yeah no travis very like had to like step in and be like they they're not with you all the time if you don't yeah. want them to be <laughs>
0: Argo retires to his desk with his, you know, stationary set, because he is quite the letter writer. Well, he is the, well, he's C- the CCO. Yeah. CCO, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's written the letter to Dendra before, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. writing a letter to Bloodhawk Barb being like, hello, Bloodhawk Barb. I have questions about Althea for an upcoming role, so I'm like, why is this the one idea you have, Argo? Right? I was like,
1: oh, my God, Clint, this can't be the one thing that you do to get information about me. Also, people. I
0: love the idea of it just always working. Like, <laughs> this is just a tactic I'm going to start using. Like, whenever I need information, I'm going to be like, So, Lauren, I'm writing a roast about my wife, Skylar. Tell me what you think about her.
1: Also, if you have any embarrassing stories about her, that would be cool. But You know, it's all in good fun. XOXO.
0: Apparently the way to like get everyone's defenses down is just to be like, it's a roast.
1: I guess I have to try that in our campaign or something because apparently there's no like meter or DC set for when you say, oh, don't worry about it. It's It's for a roast. roast.
0: It's a roast. It also does kind of sound like he's flirting with her and he kind of like leans into it, but I'm like, don't, don't. Don't don't do that.
1: Yeah, especially with your sons because they don't forget. They don't forget stuff like that. And they're going (laughs) to haunt him with this information,
0: like, forever. Oh, gosh. Once everything is said and done, the boys head up to Gray's office and he's, you know, come down considerably. He's like, all right, I'm going to send you on your way. Look for a tall, black-haired woman named Taryn once you arrive in prosperity.
1: The town. That's super cool. I was super into that name.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's kind of, it fits with, like, the naming thing because, like, hope is, like, a city, prosperity, you know? It's very, like new uh yeah it's i mean i was about to say it's like the old it's like the it's like when the west was starting and everything was new (laughs) New, uh, (laughs) uh, and everyone uh. was calling their you know their cities like eureka and like discovery and prosperity that's prosperity falls and stuff like because they were just like manifesting positivity
1: and look where it got them in california actually pretty good but anyway yeah
0: she's one of gray's moles in the hog and will help them with whatever they need and they're like do you have any moles here and he's like i'm not gonna tell you and like (laughs) it's just it's funny because like already throughout this interaction i'm like are we friends now gray
1: i i Okay, I started this episode so terrified of Grey, but this whole, like, back and forth and banter where they're like, are we friends now? I was like, okay, I'm kind of into them being friends at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm down. I'm already yeah, down. super down. It was a portal open, and the boys' had to in there. Now in the City of Prosperity, the city doesn't have streets paved with gold or anything like that, but mm-hmm. some parts of the city... You know, such as Lampo Street Sides are gold plated. Yeah. Uh, because, right. like, Chris. they can't fully, you know, be like, look, we're Versailles, but they're Versailles.
1: They're Versailles. We all know. They emerge in a cafe
0: called the, the Drip and Sip. And I'm like, in the cafe? Like, did people see this happen? Unrelated, not, t- not touched at all. Because uh, across the street, they see an ostentatious building with, you know, Art Deco gold relief panels depicting, like, Heroes and villains, and obviously this is a heroic oversight guild, mm-hmm. and it's you know kind of like Hall of Justicey.
1: Yeah, I took it very Ministry of magic-y too. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah, the, yeah. The,
0: the like headquarters of like the powerful people.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hate it here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Inside the drip and Sip, there are two others: the halfling barista and a tall centaur woman with long black hair. Who the hey. boys recognize from their centaur trip. Oh. Not just as any centaur, but a centaur who was always near our good old buddy Calhane. <laughs> you know, the one that died.
1: The one whose hand they hacked off. Yeah.
0: Fun yeah. Guys. <laughs> and she sees them and she's like, in her brain, she's like, ah, it's you guys. And goes to the door and she's like, hey, guards, there's murderers here. And.
1: Oh my God!
0: That's where the episode ends.
1: <laughs> that's it! That's where it ends. Oh, my! They were like, okay, it's a centaur with long, dark hair. I was like, oh, that's probably Terran. And then instantly she turned on them. And I was like, oh, no.
0: It's totally Terran.
1: Totally ter- <laughs> Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. That I is miss like,
0: him. As always, apologize for the million inside jokes. The first campaign that Lauren and I played it together, which was the brilliantly executed Strahd by our, uh, our DM at the time and current mm-hmm. listener of the podcast, RJ. Yeah, RJ. One of our other players, uh, Jeff, had a character named Taryn who was just overly sociable. And mm-hmm. we always showed that he had like a 90s sitcom. And my character, the bard, wrote him a full 90s sitcom intro to mm-hmm. his 90s show, Totally Taryn.
1: PJ is actually a bard in real life because he did actually write like and compose this song
0: if you give me like a decent and i mean like uh, any sort of prompt i can probably write you a song within five minutes it's not gonna be great but it will have a song structure
1: (laughs) see i my brain does not work like that i don't understand music i barely understand writing so i can improv
0: songs pretty easily too but like god that's that's just because i can improv most things pretty easily
1: that's that is like that's beyond a skill. That's like a talent. That is that's one of the coolest things about you. And it was one of the coolest things watching you as your bard do this thing that you can do naturally because it felt so much like the character, but I also knew it was you. It was super cool. I miss I miss Strahd.
0: Yeah, it was a fun time.
1: I know you'll DM it. It won't be quite the same. It'll be it'll be, di- a, very it'll be different a different experience. Strahd. Yes, absolutely.
0: Literally because it's you know, Strahd revamped, but <laughs> Uh, Also figuratively.
1: Also figuratively. But yeah, no, that that first Strahd group and that Strahd campaign was, was so fun.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you know, like your first summer romance. It's kind of like how I equate like your first good D and D group, and mm-hmm. I stress first good D and D group because I have so many people like our friend Noel who like was it was almost a little a little bit of a like not much of a pull, but like we did have to be like yeah, D and D can be fun because her first time playing D and D, she just had such an unfun time, mm-hmm. and now she like loves it and it's like one of her favorite things to do. But it's because she finally found like a group and a DM and stuff that she enjoys playing with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it can be it can be a hard thing if you don't jive with your group or with your DM. I luckily have not had that experience yet, but I hear of a lot of people who have and that makes me sad cuz D&D can be fun. You just, you know, you need the people around you that jive well with you as well. Yeah, it's
0: definitely beneficial that like our first group together cuz I've obviously played D&D before that, but like Mm -hmm. Our first group together was so solid because then anytime we were in a new campaign, it was just one of the other players from that original Strahd game now DMing. Like it was like, oh, well, RJ's done DMing or RJ can't DM this week. So like Jeff, you jump in or Keith, you jump in like, Mm -hmm. you know, once in a while me, but I was still like so new to it. And I was like, me jump in.
1: I guess if I have to, but then you would run these amazing one shots. That's where KGB came from. That is where our Marvel one shot came from. That's where your favorite thing that you've DM'd came from. The, the Baroness.
0: Oh, mansion of the Baroness. Yeah. That was a good one. But regardless of all that, regardless about us, I'm <laughs> done talking about me. Cause I hate me. That's why, but oh, I am also done talking about this episode. Cause it is over.
1: It is over.
0: It was, a f- I-, I didn't think it was filler at all. <laughs>
1: Story-wise, absolutely not. As far as, like, action, kind That's of. That's how filler but works. I know, I know. I've learned my lesson. I, we already have it recorded. PJ was right, Lauren was wrong.
0: That's the new tagline <laughs> for the podcast. PJ was right, Lauren was wrong. God, can you imagine?
1: That's actually, a, like, 90% of our friendship.
0: No! <laughs> yes! We, I feel like we have a pretty decent mix. I just feel like I'm benefited that I know the most unimportant thing, over you which is media yeah i know a little about a lot i say that a lot but the thing i know most about is media because i'm a shut-in loser who has only (laughs) watched movies and tv and played video games his entire life Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. you who didn't really do that yeah so like when it comes to media stuff i'm like yes i do you know i've i'm very well versed in filler i've watched anime my entire life anime has entire filler arcs (laughs) mean nothing to the plot
1: and i have not experienced anime except for like an episode of sailor moon and princess tutu like way back in the day
0: but i mean yeah so i don't think it's we're right i or we're right or wrong i think i just know more about media and you know more about you know most other things
1: that's absolutely not true but this is a good
0: episode i really enjoyed it i yeah honestly don't think this is gonna be too much of an issue like i think this is supposed to be kind of like a very like oh no the guards are coming but like honestly i feel like they could handle like two city guards you know yeah
1: but it's not necessarily the fact that they have to handle the guards it's they are in this city with guards at the ready and if these guards go down how many more are gonna come
0: yeah it is very much like you know attacking like if you attack them sure you could probably take them out but like you are in the home of, like, the most powerful heroic guild mm-hmm. in the world. And who knows what the rest of the guards look like and who knows what big-name heroes are at the, at the guild hall that could potentially come out and try to help with the fight. And it could become a whole thing. So I think it can be intense. But I'm also, like, I'm not sweating it. But we'll see. Oh, maybe no. Maybe I should be sweating it. We'll see next week. But until then, that's all we have for you this week. I've been PJ.
1: I have been Lauren.
0: And we'll see you next Thursday when we are once again talking Taz.